Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. Thanks for joining me. So this past week has been a little bit of an unusual one. Um, Some, you know, as life goes sometimes, things kind of pop up. They take you by surprise, and you have to try to figure out a way to grow with it and uh, proceed. So that's been a bit of the theme of this week. My kids also started school. All three of my kids are now in school. So I had yesterday and today to myself, which was so strange. I, uh, I found that I couldn't really sit still. I um, felt the need to keep just doing things, you know, and it was just like, and it was more mindless things. So I was cleaning and doing like a lot of like grocery shopping and just things like that and trying to kind of catch up on house chores and all that great fun stuff. But I also kind of wonder if I'm trying to, if I'm figuring out a way to procrastinate because I have these projects that I've had on the go for the last year probably. And, um, but they've been primarily on the back burner just because when you have three kids at home, there are a lot of distractions and a lot of things that you have to do to keep on top of the home. And now it's like I have this, this time that's been given to me that now it's like, I don't have any other excuse. I need to be like actually stepping up and working on these things. And it's like, what if I fail? (laughs) So, um, but then, you know, of course it brings into question, like, what does it mean to fail? And, you know, as they say, as the wise people say, failing is really just not trying. And so I've got to try, I've got to do my best. And that's, uh, that's where I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around. I mean, I'm only two days in, you know, it's, and of course I have to get things in order before I can really be effective. And, um, but I also have to be very mindful of whether or not I'm really just coming up with more excuses to not be doing the things that I really need to be doing. Um, this podcast is going to be a little bit, um, I mean, this podcast is a day late, it's, uh, and I'm not really holding to the n- new, um, layout that I had with my last podcast. I'm still trying to figure things out, but please bear with me. So I got to sit with Amy, um, and she is incredible. I mean, this woman is a powerhouse. She is a force to be reckoned with for sure. She's, um, she's, intelligent, highly intelligent. She's so driven. She's so kind and encouraging and like in such a sincere, wonderful way. I really enjoyed having a conversation with her. And I'm very sure that the way that she is, is really going to communicate well through the way that she speaks. Um, and so I know that all of you out there are really going to enjoy this interview with her. So I'm really excited to be able to share this with you. And if I survive the hurricane that's supposed to be coming tomorrow, then I will be talking to you again soon. So, Amy, 
Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's good. Good. Yeah, I'm here, so it's really You're good. Here. Yeah. And you are just getting into summer because your house was under crazy renovations. Yeah, kitchen. Kitchen area, main living space of our house, the middle space. Yeah, the heart of the house. Yeah. It has been... A long journey. Two, well, it was two months, and now we are just in the holding phase until we finish the floor, hopefully this weekend. Ooh, mm. and what kind of floor are you getting in? Um, It's, oh my gosh, like luxury vinyl, PVC or something. I don't but Oh, it, is that like the vinyl that's like indestructible and it looks mm-hmm. like... Looks like wood, basically. Wood. Yes. So that's what we chose. Really I like love it. that. It's just, it's in our price range. It's in kind of the, um, the nature of our house, too, is very... Um, coastal little loft condo so we didn't want to go too crazy oh that i love that yeah that sounds great and now you're here Mm -hmm. and we are gonna talk about stuff yes we are yeah which i'm very excited about i've been looking forward to this since we like decided that it was gonna happen i know (laughs) (laughs) it's been like a little while yeah yeah because i had to keep rescheduling well which is normal that's life right yeah. Oh my goodness. When it comes to summer, like when I'm getting into summer, I, um, everything goes everywhere. And like, and, uh, for, for me, like everything kind of has been everywhere since May. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's like anyone's story for the summer mm-hmm. period. Like, I, I don't know. Absolutely. I have, um, an aunt who now lives in, uh, near us now during the summertime. Okay. And I always feel, um, guilty that there never seems to be enough time to spend with her in the summer. Oh, but you, you'd think that there would be, but then once you map out your week with work and then vacationing with your kid or, you know, whatever you're doing, trying to fit in, people visiting, not a lot of time left. Not a lot of time left. And then if anything happens in between that, you are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. We have this, uh, this thing where every year we're like, we're going to take the kids camping. But then when everything ends up happening... It's like, oh yeah, we don't have time for camping. <laughs> like, never mind. And camping Next is a job year. to prep for. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. Because mm-hmm. it's like it'd be one thing if we could just kind of go away for a weekend. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. But no, it's like it takes you at least a week oh, to yeah. get everything everything ready. Yeah, and it makes me have that much more respect for my parents because they used to take us camping all the time. Mm. I didn't grow up camping. So no. I don't, but I just don't really feel the need because I know it's work. I just yeah, <laughs> it's, oh, I like the, like, I, I've done, you know, the hiking and camping. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew up doing the car camping. Nice. You know, just drive in. I like nice. that. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. That was what I was used to. And I would like my kids to experience that sometime. Zoe's done it, but the boys haven't done it. It'll happen. It will happen. Just, right timing. Just, yeah, exactly. Not this year. <laughs> I don't I don't see that happening anymore no we've only got a few weeks left of summer <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's starting to cool off already which is I know but it's Nova Scotia Ruth you know, I know in a gonna, few weeks we're gonna be gonna back be up like boiling. sweltering so I'm just I'm biding my time I'm totally and that's like I, when we had these cool days I actually have been enjoying them a bit I love sweater weather and mm-hmm. um and I love not sweating yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been enjoying that but I'm like don't worry but it, like it, it's okay Ruth this is gonna last that's okay 100%. we'll have some hot days and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> they so, will be back <laughs> they will be back the cool days will be back and it will be okay yeah let's talk mm. You have had a couple encounters with mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start with that? Oh, 
Um, well, I, I think what would be the most accurate thing um, to identify would be that motherhood really shifted me into becoming more aware of that in my life. Yeah. I think um, there it, it was becoming a mother and going through, obviously, pregnancy and postpartum mm-hmm. that really opened my mind up to what are my tendencies and to, I mean, to be specific, I've never been diagnosed with anything official. Like there's never been anyone to say you have anxiety or whatever, but right. I think generally you can kind of figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I think the journey through the first few years of motherhood, being a mom for the first time, dealing with the hormones, dealing with the full on identity shift. Yeah. Um, it opened myself up to realize that, oh my goodness, you know, those things that I was processing through or doing when I was in high school and college, when things were really stressful, um, those triggers were probably anxiety and Mm. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. So then I could see the markers throughout my whole life. And so now, you know, I feel like every year of your life, you become more aware of something. At Mm -hmm. least that's the hope. Yes. Um, Yes. The hope is that we grow and we, you know, change. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I find the older I get, the more aware I am of those tendencies that, are, um, let's say, more in the anxiety lane than not. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I uh, And I find it very interesting that it wasn't until you got to this point where you were realizing, okay, yeah, actually, I do have these tendencies, and then you could look back and be like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. That, that exact same thing happened with me. It's, whoa. And it, I, I mean, like, one of the, a huge trigger for me was... Um, when I was younger, especially as a teenager, and then into my adulthood, was peeing all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I always thought that I just had, like, you know, a weird bladder or something. Like yeah. I couldn't. But when I'm the most stressed and I can't sleep, I think I need to pee every five minutes. Wow. It's it's insane. And But the crazy thing is, is now I know. Yes. And I mean, again, it's not like I walked into a doctor's office and or I had this discussion with any professional. But mm-hmm. over time, I've realized these triggers and these things that have happened to me. So college, um, I peed in the night all the time. Didn't sleep, uh, Was struggled with insomnia, didn't really understand that that's what I was struggling with. I just thought it was normal. Or you'd go, oh, it's because I have cramps or oh, this or oh, that. Like you just kind of find ways to yes explain it away yes especially as a woman i think because there's always a reason in your cycle for why something's going on that yeah that totally makes sense yeah there's all there yeah our cycle basically dictates our entire lives yeah so i could you know we can always find a way to to explain yeah, yeah to explain it away and although sometimes it might be true um especially the peeing thing that was a huge thing for me to reflect on and go Oh my goodness, you know, when I've been gone going through the most um, stressful times of my life, that's when I can't sleep and pee in the night every five minutes. Mm, you know, that's yeah. And when I'm well and doing well and my life is in balance, um, that doesn't happen. Wow. So and and too, I think when I was postpartum, I, sl- I had insomnia the last um, trimester. 
Oh, brutal. It was just baby moving all through the night and then hitting the nerves. And it just like there were, no sleep was happening the, the last trimester. So Oof. when so when I had her, I slept like a dream. Like I was sleeping so good because obviously my body was just so happy to not be disturbed. Right. Um, so people always talked about, you know, yeah, it's hard to sleep when, you know, baby cries. Blah, blah. I was like, uh, I'm at least getting three hours of solid deep sleep. I mean, this is brilliant but what's crazy is that I because I wasn't peeing in the stress mode that I was used to I just considered that I didn't have postpartum depression I like I was doing fine I was losing the weight I was walking I was exercising I um was sleeping it was great except um I didn't realize that anxiety could also like come up during that time as well so that right. that was a huge thing for me, uh, seeing flashes of things as I'm walking the stroller, seeing like a car hit us. Like I was getting these images um, while I was journeying those first few months, and it was shocking. I mean, people talk about this, but at the same time, I just considered because I was doing well overall that I wasn't struggling with anything. Yeah. Oh, here's the... Um the usual Picard realizing that he's not in the room while we're doing the podcast. Yes. Um, listeners, you're going to hear me open the door for this seems to be the weekly letting Picard in the room thing. So <laughs> one second. There he is. Ah, yes. Picard is happy. There we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. No, not at all. It is, but yeah, and they say that anxiety and depression are are linked. Like yeah. they, you basically have one, you usually get the yeah, other. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, but it, but it's funny because it, they are just so sneaky. Yep, sneaky little buggers. Right, and they disguise themselves mm-hmm. because yeah, as you were saying, like you can always find a reason to explain why you're oh, feeling. 100%. Right? Like I'm PMSing, so obviously. So obviously I'm going through this. I'm I'm in the low zone right now. Yeah. And and you can always look to all of these external circumstances, mm-hmm. like, well, I just had a baby. I'm not getting much sleep. Yeah. Or I just went through this, or yeah. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. And then all but then all of a sudden, like hopefully there comes a day when all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. The reason why I am thinking all mm-hmm. of that, it's not, these things are not the external cause. I have an internal cause that's making all these things yeah. happen. Yeah. And and I would say, like, it's a, especially for me um, and my personality, the way I was raised, you know, it's everything situational, obviously. And um, I, I think I come across, and I am, a quite an outgoing or gregarious person yeah um as some people have called me like I'm very demonstrative I'm physically affectionate I'm like I'm expressive and communicative so even when I'm in those very anxious and low states I come across very um uh lively and Mm. I and two even like as the years go by, I learn more and more about myself. Um, and right now, I'm in this Enneagram personality test phase, and Ooh. I'm just loving it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love that too. Yeah, fascinating. And it's taught me so much about myself because so many people have pegged me um, as an outgoing person, and I am. Um, but finding out that I 
um, an Enneagram 7, which is someone who enjoys variety and travel and all this stuff, Yeah, which re- resonates with me so well. But then finding out that my core fear, mm. which is to be in a place of pain or being stuck, just any discomfort is like, I'm out of here. I, I'm, I'm gone. Like, And I don't mean gone as in like physically gone. I might just find something else to distract me mm-hmm. from that. Mm. So that's, I think, where the anxiety kicks in is as soon as I'm in that, oh, my goodness, I just had a baby. We moved into our new home. My house is going undergoing renovations we have to find the money for in, you know, a few months. My husband's going away to sea uh, for a month. Like, uh. you... How do you um, disappear? How do you leave your discomfort when you're responsible for a four month old? You know, like, so then that's when all the anxiety kicks in. That makes perfect sense. Like, just like high core. I couldn't handle people being around unless they would let me be. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I could have someone in, but they say, oh, you know, you don't have to clean. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm doing this because it makes me feel good. Like, I'm, so then I wouldn't have people in because I'm like, no, like I want to tidy my, ha- I want to fold my laundry while we talk because it makes me feel calm. Right. Yeah. <sighs> mm. And so then I just would, st- who could I, who could, who could just let me be, be me in that stage and that, um, as the months progressed and, and once actually all kinds of things died down and life was kind of back to normal after that season, uh, I had an anxiety attack. Like the first official one that I can really say was one. Yeah, okay. Because I'm sure I probably had a few before, but I didn't know what they were then. Yeah, they'll, uh, Yeah, th- and that's another thing. Those are actually s- difficult to mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. pinpoint. Yeah. Because I've had a few. I had one a few months ago and I was like, What's wrong I with me? think I, and then at, and at that point, that was when I was like, okay, I've heard of anxiety attacks. Yeah. I think that's what's happening yeah. right now blew my mind I it was like basically the first full day that our new home did not have people hammering outside because we got our full um uh I don't know how you call it like shingles everything replaced okay Um, new deck new stairs everything wow um and we're part of like a little condo um section so it was just eight units eight of us all pitching in the thousands and thousands of dollars to make this happen, which okay. is good. I'm very happy it was done. It needed to get done. Um, but, uh, you know, when you have a baby and all that's going on and you're trying to get your baby sleeping and it's like, it's just a very violating feeling to have like men always in your window level and you're just like yeah. nursing your baby and you don't have the money to buy blinds yet. It was like a whole thing. Oh. Um, so it's the first day that everything has finally been done. It's like Saturday. And I'm looking at, I'm like looking down from our kitchen, which is open concept kind of home with three levels. So you can always see into the next level. So I'm looking down and my baby who's six months at the time is playing happily on a mat without me in the room. It was like such a first. She was happy. My husband was back home from sea. The renovations were done. And I'm looking down and I'm seeing the beautiful coastal um deck that was just finished with its glass panels like it's perfect Mm. and I'm feeling this sense of just joy and thankfulness except it keeps revving up and it sounds funny to say except but as the hours progressed into the because this was morning time as it progressed towards noon I kind of said to my husband Jeremy I said like 
I'm really happy. And he said, that's great. And I said, I know, but it doesn't feel great. Like it feel, it, it feels off. Like I shouldn't be this happy. And he goes, just embrace it. Because I mean, he knew what we had been through. So he's like, why just be happy? It's yeah. fine. It's I'm like, no, but it's like edging on manic. And I could feel it. I could feel it just like get more and more ecstatic to the point of like this feeling is going to get out of control. Yeah. And that over the next few hours we had lunch and then we put our baby down to nap and I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden my hands start to go numb and I can't breathe. And then I'm like, I just need to like do some yoga breathing. I'm still very into yoga. And I'm like, I just need to like, you know, control it. Like, and I, I didn't understand what was going on. Like I had no idea. This Mm. would probably be six or seven months postpartum. Okay. Yeah. And she was born in May and this was probably November. Okay. Or late October. Um, and it just progressed into, to this, I can't breathe. I, I, like, I really can't breathe. I was on the floor. Like, and, but I flashed back to a time where this had happened before and I ended up going into the emergency room because they thought I had like a cyst burst on my ovary, but actually that might've been an anxiety attack. Whoa. I don't know. Okay. But I was vomiting. So then that's, that's when the paramedics took me in. At first I was like, you can go. I don't know what's going on with me, but it's fine now. And then I started vomiting. And so then they took me in. So this made me flash back to that time because they were telling me, you need to breathe. You're not breathing. And I'm like, of course I'm breathing. But it's like it clicked in. Like maybe I wasn't even breathing then. I can't breathe now. Like is this the same thing? Because oh. my hands went numb then. And this was like years ago before, you know, this was, and, and two, that would have been, a few months after a lot of drama just went down in my life. <laughs> okay. So I'm like flashing back to that feeling going, am I? And so then I just like Google, you know, of course, this is what we do in this day and age. Right. Yeah. I Google, um, what does an anxiety attack look like? Like what? And it's just like, you know, sometimes tingling, sometimes you can't breathe. I'm like, oh my goodness. And my mom, thank God, this was all like, I'm really into, um, I think there's always a plan and a reason for things. And my mom was scheduled to come and visit the baby. So she walked in the door at the exact moment that I'm realizing what this actually is. So I just look at her. I'm like, I think I'm having an anxiety attack. I don't understand. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm really happy. Like, I don't get it. And um, she thankfully talked me through um, that attack. And I don't know how she would describe that moment but for me like she was telling me everything that I'd gone through was validated like it was validating to feel overwhelmed by moving by having a baby by having no husband for four four or five weeks when that was never in our plan books that he was going to go away just sprung up on us so oh whoa yeah and he didn't have a choice and that that really was not my idea of a fun way to start parenting Mm. um so there were all these things that were going down and so she kind of walked me through how difficult that that would be and she just by validating me you know eventually the it passed um but that was my first little window into whoa woman yeah (laughs) whoa yeah (laughs) that is that would be very scary. Mm. I When I had my anxiety attack, it was a little different. I did have the numb 
yeah, uh, hands, tingling like hands, and the they started like hands. doing weird things, and I was like, I was like, I can't feel them. It was weird. Yeah, and I was getting like shooting pains mm. in my arms. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, definitely. Um, I it felt weird. Yeah, it kind of felt like the way that I was breathing was just kind of like weird. Yeah, it's just like I can't, con- I can't understand how to just breathe right now. Okay, I guess maybe mine was actually quite similar. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's like that's just similar. And there are times when I'm trying to fall asleep, and this is when my anxiety kicks up. All my heart starts pounding. I'll go to bed, and my heart is pounding. And sometimes I can lull my body into ignoring it. Okay. And then other times it just takes over. So okay. it, and that's when times are really stressful. Yeah, obviously, but. That's not, it's not a daily occurrence. It's a seasonal occurrence. I would say in the most stressful times of my life, I go to bed with a pounding heart and I, huh. And so do you, are you coming up with a coping mechanism? Mm, I, I think the ways in which I've learned to cope always, you know, as you learn more and more about yourself, like I keep saying, Mm. you learn new things. Um, But overall, I would say like, I really sink into having a certain type of routine um that's comforting to me mm-hmm. um but it's also it's not always necessary but it helps me to know what i can expect in life so know that i will have time to do my exercise during the day like whether it's yoga or cardio or walking like i make those like those are a high priority for me because they they bring me joy and they make me calmer okay. um they kind of center me yeah. So even like before I came here, this just sounds crazy. I did 30 minutes of cardio and I got my daughter up from her nap and I said, should I do my exercise before I go to my meeting, Zoe? And my daughter's name is Zoe. Too. Yeah, right. And, or sh- and she's four. <laughs> uh, or should I do it after? And she just looked at me and she's eating a popsicle. And she's like, you should do it before. And I was like, you know what? Smart call. It'll make me calmer. So I did. And that sounds <laughs> crazy. She's so smart. It sounds crazy. Like, what does 30 minutes of cardio? But, like, putting on a YouTube video and just doing that, it just helps me focus on, like, not anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> it puts me in a strong place instead of uh, – and I, I don't do it, like – it's not like I'm – and I don't have a gym membership or anything like that. So it's not like I'm like cutting and running and going to the gym every two minutes. But, you know, too, being a being that I'm a writer or I'm someone who works at a desk all the time mm. or reads a lot or watches TV because being in the film industry, you're I'm just constantly sitting when I do things. Right. So I find to get the j- jitters out, yeah. the ants in my pants need to come out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so I found ways to, to work it out. And, the, you know, and too like my mom will remind me you know if you want to chill out maybe doing cardio before bed isn't the best thing so I'm like yes it's yoga right now don't worry about it but (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah see I've um been thinking a lot about uh like you know you read all these articles about when the best time to exercise is yeah 100 and and there's always something new coming out there's always something new coming out Mm -hmm. and they're always kind of coming up with this like you could basically find anything to support any argument 100 100 so then it comes down to just knowing yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it sounds like like that's what you're doing you're kind of like okay i know that that this is what's gonna you know it's gonna cause me to be get those ants out out of of my my pants pants. And it sounds crazy, but I think for me, anxiety comes up like a I spin out. So when I'm spinning, when you spin out, it's like, yeah, there's so much going on. I can't shut it down. Yep. 
So I need to find ways to shut it down. And often that is going out for a walk or doing yoga or doing cardio or um, hypercard <laughs> or um, uh, doing talking. Yeah. Talking. Talking. And I'm married to a very um, quiet engineer. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you know, so does that mean he's a great listener both, and you can talk both, or you're both, kind of like both? It, okay. Yeah. If I want the responsiveness that I, you know, that I grew up with, uh, sometimes it's be- best to just arrange to hang out with a woman or like a good friend. With, yeah. With someone that's going to be. Yeah. yeah. And I found a lot of solidarity with my cousin. We, she lives out West. So, but t- she's home raising her two kids under two, two under two right now. Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I get, I sent her all the like strength vibes. I'm like, you are amazing. Yeah. Um, I've been there and it hurts. It's hard, man. Um, but we talk on the phone and we talk about our, you know, family dynamic or how we were raised, good things we want to pass on to our kids, maybe things we want to break off, which is normal. That happens to every family. I feel like that's just parenting. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there will be things that I do <laughs> for Zoe and she'll be like, Mom, I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't believe you did that. I mean, like, yeah. That's just life. And you just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How yeah. about you just choose not to do it yeah. with your kids? Um, so, those things are coping mechanisms as well. And yes, my husband is a huge supporter of my work and having a work life is also what gives me um, that peace and balance. And I, yes. Yeah. Having a job that's outside of home responsibilities mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. I've um, definitely, that's been why I've gotten several positions outside of the home that's a huge reason why I've started different hobbies like because mm-hmm. it's just like I need to have something that is not that is not just always being undone it yeah. feels like home responsibilities are just always being on like well house cleaning of course yeah and like a lot of times even with kids like it's just a lot of repetition and you don't really see the results until like do you see the results yeah. I don't know <laughs> And I think, well, and I think too, it's, uh, for me, um, I found that having Zoe in my life, my Zoe, um, has been a compass. It's helped me know, um, what I want to be doing, what I don't want to be doing, what's worth it, what's not worth it. And it kind of blew my mind. I didn't realize that. Like I thought I'd want to have, like, I think, you know, 18 year old Amy, would have said, I want to have, uh, I just want to be married with kids, house, a dog, and a cat. Mm. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 30-year-old Amy <laughs> says, I want to be with my lover, Jeremy. I want to be with Zoe in an inspiring environment. And doing work that I love. Mm. And I think, I mean, I can't blame 18-year-old Amy for that whimsy thought process because that's what 18-year-old Amy thought would make her happy. Yeah. So now I realize that no one is really uh, involved in what makes me happy and balanced and well. It's me making decisions that align with what makes me happy, balanced, and well. Okay. I'm going to need you to repeat that. I'm so sorry. I need you to repeat that one more time because yeah. I think that needs to be driven home. 
And I, then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna tell you another piece after okay, you do that. Okay. I, I think if I can repeat what I said is um I need to be making decisions that make me happy, balanced, and well. Those are and that's no one is going to be filling that void for me. No no one. So eighteen year old Amy was looking for people to fill that void. Mm-hmm. 30 year old Amy is realizing that thankfully certain people are in my life to support me being able to make decisions yeah. that make me happy and well and whole as a human being. It is absolutely amazing to me that you brought that up because this very day I made a post on Instagram. So when this actually comes out, the post will have been made a while ago. Mm-hmm. But today I made this post where I was talking about how it is my responsibility to take care of my life and it's not somebody else's. Amen. And I've been spending so much of my life looking to somebody else mm-hmm. to tell me, like, to actually tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and and when I made the realization that I need to be the one that ultimately tells me what to do, mm-hmm. my first thought was, why didn't anybody tell me this? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're so trained to, oh. Right? I totally get it. And I mean, I can go back and and consider that a lot of the decisions I made or the thought processes I had in the early days of even adulthood. I mean, I got married really young Mm. in comparison to my peers. You and me both. Yeah. We have a very similar timeline on that. Um, And I don't think that was a wrong decision. Mm. Meaning I am very happy I'm with the person I am with. Amen. Um, There has been a huge journey into figuring out why we chose each other. Yeah. (laughs) Because who you are at 18, 16 when we met each other. Yeah. 17, turning 18 when we started dating. Like to now, it's like a huge shift. We joke so much about how we look back and think, we look at pictures like, who are those people? We don't even know them. Yes. Um, but that's such a freeing feeling, too, to realize that you've shifted and changed. But yes, I had looked to my partner, my boyfriend, yeah, to be that person for me. Mm. And so the journey so far to today has been to realize that he's my partner in life as far as we stand beside each other and do life beside each other. Mm-hmm. And I do this thing over here because I love it. Mm-hmm. And he's a huge cheerleader about that. Um, but it doesn't have to be because he told me to or he, you know, it's just it's a, a totally different mind shift. Does it sound so silly or just simple? But it, yeah. I think it's um, at a young age, it's hard to shake that. Yeah. And and it makes sense because we are raised, you know, with our parents teaching us Mm -hmm. what to do and Mm -hmm. we want to make them happy. So we, we, you know, a lot of the times, especially when we're like little, you do things and you're like, mom, dad, look what I did. Mm -hmm. Like, look at that. And you, Mm -hmm. it's difficult to kind of grow to a point where you're doing something and not looking to someone and being like, hey, look what I did. Like, instead, it's like you become your own parent. Yeah. And you're like, and thank you, Megan Smith, for coming up with that. Well, she was the one that actually her and I had a conversation and she said this, so I can't even take uh, credit for it. Um, But it's like she hit the nail right on the head. Like you get to this point where like I'm going to be my own parent now. I'm going to do things and I'm going to be like, hey, Ruth, look what you did. Like, look what you just did. 
look at that. Good yeah. job. Like, because this is, and like, because when it comes down to it, in order to make a, an effective change, you can't mm-hmm. be looking to other people to approve what you're doing. hundred percent. hundred percent. And it, uh, I think there have been various, um, moments in my I mean relatively short life 30 years of living is not all that much at this stage but it's not that all that much but you're starting to kind of get an idea yeah (laughs) yeah I'm not clueless anyways (laughs) um there have been huge markers where I've been able to ask myself is this what I like does this make sense and is this what's going to move me forward in my whole holistic life and Mm. um you know those little markers have been huge and there there's always pushback when you do that too um because people around you go they like to say things like well is this really the hill you want to die on yeah oh that yeah I've had that that slapped on my plate a few times yeah and I, I had that in a professional learning environment where Uh, situation was going down and I just realized that you know what if I wouldn't put up with this if I wouldn't want my daughter putting up with this then I can't put up with this so I I had to stand up in that setting which was not you know obviously like it sounds so like yay I like stood up to the man um and I mean that uh industrially I don't mean that specifically yes um but it's not a fun place to be I mean it's not I would rather just not say anything. Yeah. But by saying that, you start realizing that, like, this is charting me into wellness. Like, if I say that this is acceptable, that you can speak that way to me or treat me that way, then what I'm doing is I'm pushing my humanity down in order to make this situation go away or just be okay. Um, But my humanity is worth something and I'm worth something and my daughter's worth something so how am I supposed to teach her anything if I'm pushing my humanity down that is so beautiful (laughs) absolutely you're pushing your humanity down okay keep going I feel like you have something more to say (laughs) well and I, I I also feel like and maybe this is because I'm Honestly, like, like, again, I think my daughter's a compass for me and I don't put that on her as something she has to carry. Mm -hmm. I think what I mean is that by her being a a presence that I had to bring into this world, I look at things so much differently now. So now I think, you know, for what it's worth, if I am trying to raise a human being that's whole and healthy, how can I except X, Y, and Z? And how can I be um, doing things day in and day out with and complaining? Or how can I let um, uh, a certain mindset that maybe has been toxic in my whole life continue? You know, I need to break those things off so that she can see that whatever she needs to break off in her life at some point that she, and you know, she may look at this recording in like 20 years to be like nice try mom but uh, (laughs) (laughs) so like obviously but I just that awareness has shifted how I do everything and it's helped me to be a a more healthy person yeah I think and so the anxiety that I go through now um I don't have a lot of patience for entertaining it Mm -hmm. and obviously like by that I mean I don't um I do whatever I can to 
to mitigate what causes it in a healthy way. So if it's anxiety caused because it's a toxic thing for me, then I shut it down. I, I don't have toxic relationships. I don't have um, uh, circumstances in my life that put me in a place of un- unhealthiness. Mm. But if there's anxiety that's rising up in me because I'm growing and changing and trying new things, I have to <laughs> have the ability um, to look at it and say, okay, like spirit, they're there. Like this you are experiencing anxiety because this is a new job. You're new at this. You haven't done this before. Um, and we will journey this and, and figure this out every day, you know, and you can always say no. And I have to like tell myself that I have permission to move away from something if it is out of control, but it's funny. I don't know. I could talk about all these things forever, you know. I I want you to because I love that you actually specified the difference between a good anxiety and like or a healthy anxiety and an unhealthy anxiety. Because that's another thing that I think is is just so important and needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Because um, I like I really believe in like the whole idea of the pendulum. Mm -hmm. The whole so we're at like the far left of this condition that we're in, you know, we, uh, people are having like, since we're on an anxiety, I'll use that as Mm -hmm. an example. People are having extreme anxiety, anxiety, and it's not being addressed Mm -hmm. and it's taking them to very unhealthy places. And then when we start to address this as a problem, then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of get, you can get caught up in the idea that all anxiety is unhealthy. Yeah. So then to bring that pendulum right down back into mm-hmm. the middle, it's like, okay, no, no, some of it is unhealthy, yes, but there are some of it that it's so okay to feel. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and circumstances in your life can trigger that anxiety from your past. So, so you know, for instance, me getting a new contract job can trigger anxiety, but I have to tell myself, yeah, but, you know, this is, this is a good thing. And this is what you want. Mm. And is it right for you to stop this just because you're feeling anxious? You know, this is a a normal thing to feel. It's not this anxiety, which you have felt before, Mm -hmm. you know. And if if this becomes this anxiety, here are all your options for out. But it's not this. And I have to daily, like, walk myself through that during those seasons. And, like, right now, I would say I'm in a good season. Okay. Um, but you know, I think last fall I was just doing so many new things. Just, Ooh, it just like came right back. Not sleeping well. Yeah. Um, uh, peeing in the night, like a crazy person. (laughs) Peeing all the time. Oh my gosh. It's so annoying. (laughs) That would be so annoying. Yeah. Um, I only have mild experience with that. And it was, through my pregnancies, but it yeah. was not, uh, I don't, yeah, no, I haven't had like extreme, like all the time peeing, but w- when I feel like I've just peed mm-hmm. and then I have to pee again, I'm annoyed by that. I can't. Yeah. So like, I'm just using that as a, mm-hmm. a little taste of what that yeah. would feel like and how annoying that would be. So <laughs> like, my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's not all the time, right? So it's thankfully, yeah. you know, and it's a good, sometimes I, um, I'm becoming, 
friends with my anxiety or my tendencies because I don't want to own anxiety, but I think I'm learning what it can teach me. It's like a little tool or a red flag. You know, it says ding, ding, ding. Um, You're feeling anxious about this new job. You want this new job. It's a good thing. It's a good opportunity. So why are you anxious? And then you go deeper and go, okay, well, I'm anxious because you know, I haven't done this before and I don't like feeling vulnerable. I'm anxious because, you know, and to then, or it's, you know, oh, you planning that um, conversation with this person for coffee is making you anxious. And then you go, well, why am I anxious about that? Mm. Oh, because they make you feel inferior. They, uh, you know, they make statements that make you uncomfortable. Ding, 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 unhealthy relationship. Oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe I don't meet them for coffee because it's not worth my energy today yeah you know you kind of have to that's so brave to take the time to assess a relationship and then and then address it Mm. I find that for myself I've been in so many situations where I've been in in an unhealthy relationship with Mm -hmm. someone and I haven't done anything about it for the Re, for the sheer fact that I'm terrified mm-hmm. like I and I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to experience and I don't and I don't want to make them feel bad yeah you know, I know. and I, I know I had a, a real shakedown in my life in my early 20s uh you know which is a whole separate story but it really taught me a lot about what 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 healthy interaction should look like Mm-hmm. and um i just don't, i don't um you know there are things i'd work out with people you know family you know there are certain long time long standing relationships but there's always a point where you have to realize you can't change people and it's not right to expect people to change you can share your feelings and you could say this hurt me you can say um you can be honest um, but you can't expect them to change their tendencies. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's um, some it's unfortunate sometimes. But at the same time, I think it's a gracious thing to do to realize that I can't expect these this person, whoever. I mean, I'm being very vague because I don't know who I'm talking about at this moment. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but you can't expect people to change who they are. It's not right. It's not your job to expect that Mm. it's I mean hopefully that you know if there's something toxic or not right about how someone's dealing with something or saying things hopefully that's something they'll learn and they'll change but to yeah I don't even know what got got us onto this I just yeah I and I think to be a healthy and whole person you have to recognize you can't change people I and I completely agree with that that was something that I had to travel down many difficult paths to finally start to realize Mm. that it's not my responsibility to change other people Mm. and it actually reminds me of a conversation that I was having with a friend a couple weeks ago I was talking about um dangerous people so I was actually Mm -hmm. I was um I was actually tied in an experience that I had with um a wasp. I got stung by a wasp oh. a couple of weeks ago. And I was because I wasn't fun. paying attention to where I was walking and mm-hmm. I was, you know, walking through the grass. I got stung on the foot. And then it made me start to think about how I 
when I'm not really paying attention to where I'm going, where I'm not being yeah. intentional about the direction that I'm taking in my life, I can introduce myself to so many dangerous situations and dangerous people. Mm-hmm. And then I get stung. Mm-hmm. And this person that I was talking with said, yeah, but do you really have the right to say that that person like is dangerous? Because like it could be more that the interactions that you have with that person are unhealthy, but it doesn't necessarily make that person a dangerous person, mm-hmm. which I, it all of a sudden, it was like a smack in the face. Like it was just kind of like, and like, how many situations have I been the dangerous person? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean make it so it doesn't mean that I am dangerous. Yeah. And I think oh, I have so many things to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is such, such an interesting thing. Um, perspective. Perspective. Um, and I think when you look through things through your own lens, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Do a tangent for two seconds. Do it. There's a documentary called The Stories We Tell. It's by Sarah Polly. She's a Canadian um, filmmaker, producer, actor when she was a kid. She was in the Road to Avonlea uh, series when we were kids. I love Road to Avonlea. You know, you know. If you're a maritimer, you know (laughs) what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So uh, she made a documentary about her discovery that her... um, father she grew up with was not actually her biological father so she goes through this whole um interviewing her family her mother has passed away so she can't interview her mother um and what blew my mind about this documentary and i will forever keep this documentary like in my heart and most of the things she makes because i find I, i if i was to say a lot of the things that she has made um are all about perspective um the stories we tell ourselves about the situations that we've been in and to the person sitting across from you if you were to sit across the table from say someone that you experienced something with and it it was um uh maybe a situation that was uncomfortable or didn't go very well or whatever the story they would tell would be very different probably yeah there might be some similarities Mm -hmm. but through their, their lens and their life circumstance their personality their situation that they were in and some situations cause when you look at your personalities your life situations where you're in in the moment where these interactions take place cause these meeting of the minds or explosions or um uncomfortable unhealthy toxic situations Mm. um it doesn't mean that they're like you said a dangerous person Mm. but it does give way to think in this moment in this instance in this situation and there are dangerous people out there i'll just put that out there i yeah i'm not gonna deny that um but it it puts into perspective when we shift like a camera being a filmmaker i'm always looking at different angles Mm. so when you're looking at different angles how does it appear oh i mean people humans and we can so easily hurt each other without yeah realizing it yeah it's like we we don't have those bad intentions and a lot of the times I find that when I've hurt people and I think about where my mind was at in that situation it's usually that I was trying to protect myself yep yep and because yeah and and I I would also say that um, you know, drawing a boundary line isn't a, isn't a bad thing for mm. yourself as a human. Um, recognizing 
I'm always interested when someone draws a harsh boundary line, mainly because I've done that in my life because I've been so wounded that for me, um, the harsh boundary line is so that I don't get wounded again. Yeah. So it, it maybe now as I've grown past some of those um, traumatic situations or experiences, um, my boundary line is still very strong, but it's not harsh. That's interesting. I don't I don't have time for um, or space in my life for um, a toxic situation or negativity in my direction that puts me down as a human. But my boundary line is strong. It's not harsh. It's just it's just this is the boundary. And then like that's that's where we stand. But it doesn't need to be me going. I don't want to talk about that person. They're wrong. They're, you know. Right. Yeah. You brought up you've brought up so many I don't know I just could go on about so many different things. Well, you can tell that you're a deeply thoughtful person. Like you've been reflecting a lot and mm-hmm. reassessing and coming up with new ways of going about things. Mm-hmm. And I thought I so I feel like we could probably have a conversation that goes for a very long time. Yeah, we could. <laughs> and it would be absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're nearing the end of this. Yeah. But I do have a question that I like to ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to what uh, what your answer to this is going to be. <laughs> to you, what does it look to be mentally healthy? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking about this because I knew I knew this one was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, honestly, like I could, I kept trying to look for one specific thing, and I I don't think for me it's there. Um, I think it's it's the wholeness. What it means to be whole is what it means to be mentally healthy. Because to me, if I'm emotionally all over the place, then my mental state isn't going to be good. If I'm physically unwell, um, and right now I'm trying to figure out if I have a vitamin deficiency. <laughs> oh, really? I have no idea what's going on with me. And it's very minor. It's like probably not a big deal. But at the same time, it's bothering me so bad. Yeah. Just certain symptoms I'm experiencing. So I'm going to okay. get that figured out in the next few weeks, hopefully. Okay. Um, but when you're physically unwell, that affects you too. That affects your, it's your a mental load. It's something to carry. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously some, some of us or some people out there have a physical thing that they carry every day. But I think um, when you're trying to be a whole person mm-hmm. and figure out what that looks like for you, um, that's what creates mental wellness in me is to seek out that relational, spiritual, physical, holistic wellness. That's when I feel mentally well, is when all those things are at play in a a good way. I love that. (laughs) And I mean, there's always something to to process through, to think about. There's always another layer. There's always another layer. Amen. Amen. So it doesn't end. I mean, I'll be on the phone with my cousin tomorrow, probably talking about, oh, yeah, and that thing. Do you remember growing up with that? Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's talk about that. You know, so there's always yeah something. Always something. Um, but it doesn't have to be a burden. It can just be part of discovering yourself and your life. And Oh, I love that, too. To specify, it doesn't have to be a burden. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so refreshing. Like, yeah, let's just look at these things as just like a, a thing. Like, oh, hey, I I get to have this experience and I get to go through this adventure. I get to study this part of myself that I'm confused by. Yeah. I get to study, you know, oh, you know, when my daughter is frustrated at the world, it drives me up the wall. Like, why can't you just be happy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is wrong? Like, but at the same time, okay, what in me is reacting so crazy to her unsettledness with her world? Because, you know, oh, your teddy bear didn't sit up straight. What's, uh, can't you just be happy? Okay, right. but that's her and her world. And what about that is upsetting to me? That is, ah, oh, wow. Yeah. Peeling back another layer. Just another layer. Yeah. There's always going to be another There's layer. There's always going to be another layer. Mm-hmm. Never ends. No. And I used to be very discouraged by that idea. And now I actually find it comforting because because sometimes, you know, you're just kind of like, please don't let this be it. This is never it. There's always something more. Yeah. There's always another page, another chapter. Mm. The, the, the day, as the Maritimer in me, Anna Green Gables would say, is there's always another day Aww. with no mistakes in it. And then you get to figure out something in that new day. So it's, and and that is the Enneagram 7 in me. I'm very a positive person, which is probably why people don't know that I struggle with anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think Sean's a 7 too. I find the Enneagram absolutely fascinating. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Thank you so much for taking the time to come out this evening. And like, this was a very inspiring conversation. I appreciate it. I'm glad. Thank you so much. It's my honor. Ah. (laughs) And um, to everybody that's listening, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope that it's something that you found helpful and inspiring. We would love, like Amy or I would love to hear from you Mm -hmm. if uh, you have any further thoughts on anything or um, questions. And, you know, as always, just know that Amy and I are sitting here loving you. And I hope that you have a great, morning, afternoon, evening, night, and I will be talking to you soon. Bye.